Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. It's Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. I welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with insights, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And we are super excited today to have with us Extraordinary Educator Emily down in Florida. So welcome, Emily. And if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit bit about you, where you're teaching, all the fun things, and then we'll dive in. Great. Yes. So my name is Emily. I teach in Tampa, Florida. And this school year, I have been brick and mortar, e-learning, simultaneous, um, a whole mix of things. It's been a journey, but I'm so excited to be here talking with one of my favorite companies and <laughs> such an influence on my classroom. So that's me here to talk. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you. No, I was just going to say, what grade are you currently? Are you oh, currently and I teaching? teach, sorry, I teach fifth grade math and science. Awesome. Awesome. So what, how are things? I mean, you've just done all the things. How's your year going? Why don't you just give us a little 411 on how you're doing this year? Yeah. So, you know, self-care has been a big deal for myself and for my students, you know, making sure that we take time. We spend a lot of time at the beginning of the year. Um, in between content areas, just meditating, taking a breath, they were feeling overwhelmed. So we added a lot of that into our routines, which was new for them. And for me, um, I started my year teaching face to face in the morning and then teaching online in the afternoon. And that really challenged me to become an expert with technology. What was I going to do with my virtual students that afternoon that I could also do face-to-face? And my classroom is one-to-one. So I did have the devices available to make that happen. So it's been a journey, but I don't know that I can turn away from some of the things I've started doing now because they work. And this has been a time where we've been pushed into that unknown, but still finding opportunities to grow and new things to adapt like you would any other school year, things you would carry along with you. Yeah, I love, first of all, self-care. That's what you said first, because that is so important. You cannot take care of anybody if you are not taking care of yourself. So that's wonderful. Um, Breathing is something that's so simple, yet so critical to help just open up students' brains for learning and just feeling more centered. Um, so we'd love to dig in a little bit more on the technology pieces. So how, what was technology before COVID and how have you really adapted things or what are some strategies you can share with other educators who are still maybe struggling with tech? Yeah. So at the beginning, I've been, so I've been one-to-one now for three school years. So I was one-to-one for two years prior to COVID. And then again, this school year, and I would say the biggest thing would be to keep it simple. You wanted to you want to keep it engaging of course, but something that is easy for us to do is not going to be easy for a child through a screen who might already have Wi-Fi issues, who's had a problem with their brother sitting right next to them frustrating them. They aren't going to be as willing to problem solve right now as they might be if I'm speaking specifically for like a, a distance learner. Their willingness to problem solve is different. That's what I've noticed than their willingness to problem solve when you're here and you're able to have a part 
partner support them, you to support them. So technology ended up becoming very um, streamlined. We use something in our district called Canvas, and that was an expectation to have things embedded in Canvas. But I think the students, my students specifically, I teach at a um, Title I school, routines and um, structure is so important. And so our I would say keep it simple and make sure you have some type of routine and structure. Don't switch it up very often. They'll start to feel confident and comfortable in one platform, whether they're always using Nearpod or they're always using, you know, your website of choice, keeping it consistent so they can build and feel success in a time for them that although they're very tech savvy, they're very tech savvy with pressing play or, (laughs) you know, on a video or not necessarily problem solving how to click and drag something. Um, so yeah, keep it simple and make it a routine, streamline it. I think both of those are so helpful. Yeah. Now and like whenever, right. Just less is more and, and trying to make the routine. So it's predictable. Kids know what to expect and, and that sort of thing. Just hearing you describe the struggles that your students have had with tech and you have fifth graders. So, you know, I'm sure in the younger grades, it's even more exaggerated, Mm -hmm. but talk to us about, how meditation probably helps, which is the patience that that requires from an educator right now. You're not just helping one student, right? You're doing this with a whole class. Like, how has that been going? Or is there anything that you do for yourself or your students where it's helped you sort of find your center and, and keep trudging along? So giving the students the opportunity to be reminded of their expectations has been very important because although they're 10, 11, 12 year olds, they had a long period of time away from school and also giving them the opportunity to know they can turn their day around and having conversations of these are my high expectations, but I'm still here to love and nurture you. And I understand you're stressed or I understand you're having a bad day. So we added in the meditating pieces between transition times because they were having a hard time. My day starts with specials, you know, PE, music, art, So we would enter the room with a three minute, just cool down. They had something academic to do like a bell work, but the the lights were low and it was a nice meditation. One of my favorite to kind of get me through a stressful time. I don't need 10 minutes. Three and a half is like good and I'm ready. And so we added that in between transitions. So in between our content areas as well. And we don't do that every day anymore, but there was a good month that we, we kind of hit a wall. Like there was a grace period. I'm sure every teacher listening can know, like when they first came back, they were like, yes, angels, let's do this. I miss being in school. And then it trickled away and the, you know, trauma of reality set in a lot of weird things are happening in their homes and their lives. So, um, just kind of giving them grace. You know how that's like the buzz right now? Give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Teachers, mm-hmm. give yourself mm-hmm. grace. Mm-hmm. Remind, Reminding that like our kids need that probably 10 times more than we do. And so knowing and kind of um, empathizing with them, feeling like I'm in their shoes and reminding myself of what their struggles are helps me to remain patient because I know that the outbursts and the um, misbehavior is coming from a place of hurt for them and that they really just need us. Mm-hmm. And I love the way you're framing the whole thing. Even when you mm-hmm. talked about troubleshooting technology, you're saying it's difficult for them to problem solve at home. That is an empathetic response that you're giving them as an educator. And that's so powerful. Language can be so powerful in the way we think about students. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for sharing that and just seeing the kids 
meeting them where they are. I mean, I live in Florida too. Florida's response to COVID hasn't been as awesome as probably could be. So I can only Mm -hmm. imagine um, the extra stress that people are feeling with the uncertainty. Just, I mean, I feel uncertainty even just leaving my house, going to the grocery store. (laughs) Will I see people with masks? Will I not? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it can be an extra challenge. It really can be. And, you know, my students are the type of kiddos who, if I say something, they'll repeat it. They'll say, they'll remind me I said it because I, they won't admit it, but I'm so important in there every day because I am their structure and consistency. I took off two days for our wedding anniversary, a self-care that I do not regret, but no <laughs> caused them a lot of stress because I left them for two days and I told them it was coming. And when I came back, I felt like I had was back to like ground zero trying to get them to except that I was not going to leave them. So it's, you know, understanding it's not personal. Um, we do have, I mean, I'm alluding to it. We have a lot of behavior issues at my school. And one thing that, you know, on top of the self-care and taking them where they're at is just constantly making them feel successful, constantly rewarding an I already lesson passed, constantly rewarding a success on a quiz, constantly rewarding even a behavior goal, because if they don't feel any success, what's the motivation in their heart? They're not intrinsically motivated type of kids. And I'm sure many teachers see that just in general, kids are in our, this current time are used to instant gratification and they think they just deserve to have things. And, you know, it's not really necessarily their fault, just kind of what I've observed. So they don't, if they don't succeed, they'd rather push it away as I'm an avoidance thing. They don't want to feel that because that doesn't feel good. And other things they can do quickly make them feel good. So any opportunity I have to reward them, we're constantly celebrating constantly. Anything we do, whether it's their already lessons passed or extra math or lessons on Pearson or, you know, whatever we're doing, they know how they've done and have felt good about their academic success. That's really important. Even just what you're saying about the meditation, because what's happening, I noticed too, I used to teach fifth grade and I'm even just hearing teacher stories from, you know, I taught 10 years ago. It's self-regulation. That's a problem is that the instant gratification, they want it yesterday. And that's fascinating to watch those kids turn into adults and want jobs yesterday and want (laughs) (laughs) all the things yesterday, but teaching the ability to be able to calm your mind focus on the present, redirect to see what is true, what's in front of me. Um, That's going to help them with the self-regulation too. So it's really powerful that you've incorporated that. And of course the celebrations and that's, and also what you shared, which is really interesting is building trust with the students. And I applaud you for still taking time for you. Because knowing that students, I mean, when I took a day off, some, yeah, the kids would give me straight up a lot of crap. (laughs) where were you? You're the one I rely on. I'm like, okay, like I get it, but I'm a human too. So you still need to take time for yourself, but it's, it's a, it's a testament to the relationships that you build with them to know that they're still there, but also that you come back and you're still there. Like it, it doesn't mean that you're leaving. It just means that, you know, adults can take time for themselves too. (laughs) self-regulation. Yeah. (laughs) And what's different. And just to kind of paint the bigger picture, my students specifically, two years ago in third grade, none of them had math teachers. Like they just were, the school was not staffed and they had a lot of 
substitutes in and out, in and out. Last year, they finally had a great staff. My principal is amazing, has built so much capacity here. Um, and then COVID happened. So I know just in general, these kids have trust issues with educators and it wasn't as though we didn't allow them to come back to campus in March, but it was mandated that they could not. So they were starting to get that normalcy of an adult being there to trust them. And then it was taken. So this year was not going all the way back, but there's definitely some students who they they'll never forget that, that experience of a school year without a teacher and subs in and out. And it's, um, that's traumatic. Yeah, it's it traumatic. Is. And then COVID yeah. it's like, you can't what, just, you know, we make plans and then stuff happens. You can, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be their teacher for the whole year. Nothing will ever change. And then COVID it's like, no one can predict this, but just how you've established that trust with them, taking time to celebrate the small things, the big things, anything worth celebrating and not just pointing out, you know, whatever that, that unwanted behavior is, but celebrating the small stuff along the way, because just makes them feel so much more successful and builds that trust even more. And it's just, you know, so important now more than ever. So thank you for for all of that. No, it's not easy, especially now. (laughs) Not easy, but worth it for sure. (laughs) Well, unfortunately that is all the time we have for today, but we would love to hear any parting words for educators listening. Do you have any advice or things that you'd want um, to just remind educators of when they listen to this? Yeah, I'm going to say after you finish listening, unplug. Don't go and scroll Pinterest for your next great lesson and don't go on Facebook to that Bitmoji classroom group and don't check Twitter to see what your district is posting and go for a walk and read a book and connect with your loved ones because I know I got to a really dark place of self-doubt seeing what I thought was expected of me as a virtual teacher and in this time and when I started to get back to me and feeling like I was my best self was when I was removed from those pressures that social media can put on you. So definitely unplug, take time for you and take time to have conversations with your students and ask them how they're doing and how they're feeling. And I think the responses you will get will fill your bucket and give you, you know, what you need for your next amazing day at school. Cause they need you just as much as we need them to succeed. I love oh, perfect, everything. Emily. Yeah. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we just recorded a whole episode on, on, on asking, how are you and checking in? And it's just so, so true. And the taking a, a break from all the scrolling, it's just, especially now when you're always, mm-hmm. there's so much comparison and everything always looks better, but just really like you gotta, the self-doubt has to go away because yeah, we can't pour mm-hmm. from empty cups and, and our students mm-hmm. be our best selves. And we're not going to be that way if we're constantly just looking for what's, what's better and what's out there. So thank you so much for your yes. time and for all that you do. Yes. And we appreciate you. We appreciate you. Your students appreciate you. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to continue connecting with you through other cool avenues. But until then, how can people connect with us? Yes, Siri. you can follow along on Twitter at Curriculum Asoch and on Instagram at my iReady. And we'll link um, Emily's social handles in the show notes as well. Although make sure you do take time to step away from social. Yes, unplug. <laughs> yes. So unplug, beautifully but still put. give us yeah. a follow. Yeah, follow her, then yeah. unplug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and if you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be interviewed, feel free to reach out to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. 
So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.